0: Good morning. I'm uh, thrilled to be here this morning. As you know, my name is Todd Vanek. I'm the president of Mission India. Uh, previous, I've, I've served in this role for about eight years. Um, prior, I, I served as a senior pastor for roughly 20 years in churches in uh, Michigan and California. And uh, all throughout my life, uh, I've had a passion Um, for Mission India. I've been involved uh, with Mission India for over 20 years in terms of uh, being an advocate for all they're doing. I'd like to thank the church for your incredible partnership in the gospel. Um, I'm thrilled what God is doing in India and um, today what I want to do is I just want to lift up who God is uh, in terms of the sovereignty of God, the fact that that God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and uh, the power that flows through the Holy Spirit is changing people, it's changing families, it's transforming villages and entire nations. And that's what I want to lift up to you this morning. Uh, As we prepare to read God's Word, I want to just kind of remind us of the foundation of our faith, the origin of who God called us to believe, or yet yeah, to be. Um, for in terms of our faith, we believe that everybody in this entire world has fallen short of the glory of God, has sinned before a one and holy God, and God out of his incredible love and mercy has sent his son Jesus Christ to pay the penalty of our sins and everyone's sin in this entire world so that people who believe and confess their sins and proclaim their faith in Jesus Christ can live in the power of the kingdom of God and receive the gift of eternal life and unfortunately those who don't will perish and what God calls us to as a people where we started this service this morning with the reading from matthew the great commission is god says to us that the most loving thing that we can do is to persuade people to pray for people to witness to live our lives so that people come into relationship with jesus christ and this is the way it has been since the origin of the church of jesus christ and what i want to do with you um this morning is is i want to lift up the power of the holy spirit that works through us and in us to see that happen and to do that i'm gonna um share with you this morning from acts chapter 9 and it's the conversion of the apostle paul and um before i read god's word uh, let's pray and ask god to bless his reading unto our life let's pray Our great God and Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for its power. We thank you for the promise, dear God, that the word of God will never return void. So we look forward, dear Lord, for what you're going to do through the power of your word this morning. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that is, followers of Christ, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem." as he neared damascus on his journey suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him he fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him saul saul why do you persecute me who are you lord saul asked i am jesus whom you are persecuting he replied now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do the men traveling with saul stood there speechless they heard the sound but they did not see anyone Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. I love how scripture just makes it so natural, right? Like this just occurs every single day. The Lord said to him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tarsus, named Saul, for he is is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias, now hear me, I love how honest the Bible is because Ananias doesn't want any part of this. I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I really basically just want to share one thought today. And that is, if God, if the power of the Holy Spirit, if Jesus Christ can reach the Apostle Paul, And use him to be one of the most powerful evangelists this world has ever seen there is no one that is beyond the reach of god not your son daughter who's been raised in the church who you've prayed for who you've instructed in the ways of christ who for some reason is not following christ not your business partner, your business associate, your neighbor, kids you go to school with, there is no one beyond the reach of God, not even the entire nation of India, nor the entire world in which we live. It's interesting, in 1 Timothy 1:15 and 16, Paul gives a short reflection um, on his testimony, and, and in that he really shares what the purpose is of it is, and and in there he says this, Paul says, I am the foremost of sinners, but I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. What Paul says is that His conversion is for us. It's to serve as an example to us. It's to encourage us in terms of who God is and God's love for this world and how he impacts people's lives. So so I just want to point out a a few things as we walk through this this text in terms of, of how crazy it is that Paul would ever become a follower of Christ. And the first thing we notice right away is that Paul was an opponent of christianity of jesus christ it wasn't that paul was apathetic it wasn't that paul was just all cranked up in his own thing and you know trying to get his business going and 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 life was really good for him and and he just didn't have time because of the cottage and all the other stuff he had on his plate paul was 100 percent anti-Christianity. He was committed to eliminating Christianity. He was a persecutor. He was a murderer. He was probably the number one opponent. In Acts 8, 3, it says Saul was ravaging the church, entering house after house, and he dragged out men and women and committed them to prison. I mean, I don't know what it is inside of me, and, and, and it's even a stretch for me to, to imagine Physically harming or persecuting or imprisoning men, but when you go after women, that just kind of puts you in just a whole different camp in terms of how evil you are, uh, of how much satanic power must be at work in your life. There, there's there's a mention in our text that that Paul went to the high priest to 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 get permission to go to Damascus. So just so you know that, this is how serious he was. That was a hundred and fifty mile journey. That so so I came up from Holland, Michigan, pretty close to 150 miles, and you know, I I had good traffic, probably 75, 80 the whole way, and, and wasn't a bad trip, but it was still two and a half hours. But I want you to think about this: 150 miles, horses, donkeys whatever that is commitment in terms of eliminating christianity the apostle paul was so opposed satan was working in his life so much that if you were to ask anyone do you ever think Saul of tarsus will become a follower of jesus christ people would say not in a million years But here's what God wants us to see in our text. And that is the most unlikely people can be converted, and they are. God's mercy is not limited to people who who have the incredible privilege of growing up in a Christian home, of attending a, a church where People volunteer and pour into your life and there's Sunday school and youth ministry and couples clubs and small groups. And I'm like you. I, I grew up Christian reformed and my parents just sacrificed to send me to, to Christian school. And, and God's grace and, and, and the gospel is not just limited to those of us who've, who've grown up with that type of privilege if the chief of sinners can be converted i want to tell you anyone can be converted your son your daughter your grandchildren and even the most unreached nation in the world that's the nation of india we have a a map that that helps us understand that so there's an organization called the international mission board and they're the largest sending mission they're the largest sending mission organization in the world and every year they do a study for where are the most unreached people living now when we use the term unreached just want to pause on that and flesh that out so we're not talking about lost people again I live in Holland Michigan how many of us have ever been to Holland Michigan just curious okay so I live in Holland Michigan and and you guys will get this right because I think Elmhurst is a little similar Oakbrook so on and so forth within a Five block radius of my church or of my house there's like 15 churches but yet there's people who live in our area who are lost but now they're not unreached because of the churches because of christian broadcast of so many christian organizations we're talking unreached we're talking about people who have no access to the gospel to a church to christian literature to Christian broadcasting, to scripture. They, they, they are completely void in terms of, of what you're talking about. So every year the, the International Mission Board does a study. We don't ask them to do it, but we're grateful they do it. And you can see in terms of, of, of this map that, that India is lit up like the, the 4th of July. In the nation of India, it's 1.3 billion people. They occupy the geography... That is that half of the geography that the United States of America does, 93% of the entire population is Hindu. Now, what that means is they believe everything contains a God. They believe that the supreme God is so great that, that it cannot possibly be contained in any one thing, so it's almost contained in everything, and as a result, they worship 330 million different deities different gods now again we talk about idols and we talk about our yard my yard is a idol i'm a i hate to, it's confession is good for the soul i'm a yard snob i like a nice yard i i, I obsess about my yard and, and and in terms of north america christianity united states of america say oof, better watch it totter that our yard might become a, an idol when we're talking idols 330 million idols in india we're talking about literal idols. We're talking about you're thinking you're going into the Old Testament. We're talking about people bowing down and worshiping. We, they're on the dashboards of people's cars, they're in the restaurants, they're in the hotels. Um, I was in India um, prior to, to, to COVID hitting, and, and we were at this temple, and it was a rat temple. Now you heard that right. A rat temple. They worship a rat. And and on the corners, four corners of this temple were six-foot metal rats. And and there was lines at, at, at every point. And people were waiting about 45 minutes to walk up to the metal rat and to whisper their prayers in its ears in hopes that the spirit of the metal rat would take their prayers. To the rat that was inside the temple and the only way you can make sense of that is where the bible says where where paul says that they've become darkened in their understanding where the forces of evil have begun to impact the, the, the the way that they think and then and then you start to add into all of this demonic work poverty um, the plight of women and children, child labor, child brides, the fact that 50% of all people who are sex trafficked come out of this country, the impact of, of COVID and, and the amount of death that occurred there. And, and there are days, unless you're really grounded in the fact that, that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of, of, of lords, you can, you can slip into thinking that this nation might just be beyond the reach of God. And there's something that's, that's real heavy on my heart as I've been traveling and talking to a, a lot of people is that there's many people who might have a son or a daughter or a friend and for some reason they just think they're beyond the reach of God. And I want to tell you what God wants to say to you today is that no one is beyond The incredible mercy and grace of our Lord and Savior. And it's through his power. And that's ultimately what this text is all about. It's all about the power of God. Look at verse 3 with me once. It it, it says there that, that as Paul journeyed, he approached Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven flashed about him god intervened in his life jesus christ came into his life out of the blue luke is being very intentional here to lift up the sovereignty of god the power of the holy spirit it's interesting in this text paul's not even asked if he wants to receive jesus christ as his lord and savior he's not asked if he wants to to pray the if he wants to pray the, the sinner's prayer, if he wants to repent of his sins, Jesus explicitly says to him, you go to the next town, you sit there, you be quiet, and um, by the way, you're going to have a vision, and, and I'm going to come and, and, and I'll send someone and, and we'll deal with this whole thing later. It's interesting, some people say that, you know, the Holy Spirit was working on Paul for quite a long time, that Paul had this guilt complex over the stoning of Stephen and all the other people he'd imprisoned and everything that he had done, but there is no clue of that anywhere in the Bible. In fact, in Acts 23, Paul says that he lived a good conscience up until that day. Paul never links his conversion with any pre-work of the holy spirit and what that indicates is that jesus at any time in any place can 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 radically intervene into our life and have people receive him as their lord and savior and this happens all the time in india and we have a video that that highlights this how god radically took somebody who was persecuting people for the faith and transformed
1: their life monalju gupta a hu hindu parivar rasie a ei arakhya devata monko gupta mane iswar ko shiva ko na ase mon janamai nathile ma ko garbar thila a mote सिबोंग जदि फु होला ताले तम नाम राखी बोलके जतरो म बडीले से समय रे क्रिश्चियन लोकनासी धर्म परिवर्तन कोथले आ म सब घणा कलि कारण हिन्दु राष्ट्र रे मानसी धर्म परिवर्तन परजर आवश्यकता नाही त म सब को पूरा घणा कलि टेटनटी कल गारो भाईवनो तर के असिति आंर विन आंर गोटे एजेंडा दिला जे परिवर्तन खडा रे लाठी चालना चालना भय करिवे हमकु आ पाका खडा छी आ सजा गछु हिन्दु रोड़ so करो थलो, घंडा Buleg Road रोड़ सो समर समरे 52 गां, गां को I को been looking transmitting the corner inook in the steering wheel and slowly started to move on.. Overall, over 30 days, he 19 दिन अघि डाक्टर मरिजेवल तो काम मु कथा भी पने एक्सीडेंट पुरवर तो छों मन कले जेतवान मेडिकल थिले मो किश्तन भाईये भुनी मनसिया चरण किन्तु when you push for any the other hands, the Bible and change your mind as Mary the condition there. There will also be a skill between them in very small ways. that therestrial training program and the the the
0: what I love most about what he's saying is in terms of that he's bringing the gospel into the very villages where he opposed it. So that's the work of, of the power of God. And that happens not just in India, but it's happening all over the world. I was looking at the mission board out there. You guys can be assured that the Holy Spirit is working in all those places, locally and globally, that this church is focused on. And you should feel incredible about yourself because that board is a testimony to this passage, to the sovereignty of God, to the fact that God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And what this means in terms of what God's doing in in Paul's life, what he did in Gupta's life, is we should not lose hope for people who show no interest in the things of Jesus Christ, in the power of Jesus Christ, because God has all the power. He is sovereign Over this entire nation, over our lives, over our families, over our children, and over our friends. See, it was for our sake that Paul was converted. And and, and, and our focus has to be on on who God is. I remind myself of that almost every day. I'm like, yes, I know that India is 93% Hindu, but it's not beyond the love. Yes, I, I know that most places we work are, are, are less than 1% Christian, but that doesn't mean it's beyond the love of God. Yes, there's powerful people and political forces at work trying to eliminate Christianity in India and all over this world, but it doesn't limit the love of God. Yes, India is the number one nation in the world where people experience the most physical persecution than anywhere else on the planet, but that doesn't limit love of God. Yes, we're in a spiritual battle in this world. Yes, the the forces of evil, Satan and all his demons are trying to stop what God is doing but it doesn't limit the love of God. It doesn't impact the sovereignty of God. But Here's the key to the whole text. Here's the key to our whole life and that is Ananias. See, what God wants to do is he wants to work through people. He wants to work through his church. I think, again, that's that's illustrated in the text we started with this morning um, from Matthew in terms of the Great Commission where Jesus says, Hey, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. Yes, God is sovereign, but there is a human responsibility in the gospel. God is sovereign. His power is at work in us, but he calls us to share his love with others. We see that Ananias was resistant, and I think for good reason. I'd be a little anxious too, um, in terms of going and and, and being with Paul, knowing that he came to arrest people, to imprison them. But I want you to hear something else, and that is that, that unfortunately, sadly, there's just resistance today. In terms of God's call to to reach people, to reach the nations. I don't know if you've ever heard the name of George Barna, but he does a lot of studies on Christians. And he did a study some time ago about um, how many Christians would know the Great Commission. Again, the text we started with this morning, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, so Barna and his team, they, they surveyed people who regularly attend church, and they just simply asked them, can you identify the Great Commission? And 51% of people who attend church every Sunday said, I have no idea what you're talking about. 25% said, I, I've heard about it, but I don't think I can tell you what it is. 6% said, I'm not sure. And 17% said, yes, I know the Great Commission, and here's what it says. Well, then, Barnum, I think this is good. They said, well, maybe we're using an outdated term, Great Commission. Maybe there's people who just don't think about it that way. So then what they did is they took five Bible passages and they laid them out, kind of said, hey, multiple choice. If you were to identify a text of these five that you thought was the Great Commission, what one do you think it is? And 37% of all people 10 church regularly could identify it correctly and 63% couldn't. And the consequences of that illustration impact the nation of India more than any other nation in the world because again it's the most unreached nation in the world. India has about 600,000 villages 500,000 of them have no church, no Christian witness. More people in India are illiterate than the entire population of the United States, and 50% of India is under the age of 20. So therefore, what, what we do at Mission India is we say we do one thing three ways. We plant reproducing churches through children's Bible clubs, adult literacy classes, and church planters all three of those programs are designed to plant churches we 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 work with the leaders of those programs for over 1 year we will only support and sponsor them for 1 year because our founder John DeVries embedded these principles into our organization that are still here today 43 years later and one of those is we don't want to cripple converts with cash So we simply pay a stipend to these leaders for one year, and at the end of the year, um, we want them to to plant a church. Our children's Bible clubs are are not called that in India because of all the persecution. They're called after-school clubs. Um, Adult literacy classes meet Monday through Friday, um, and our church planters are trained um, on-the-job training. We don't send them to a Bible college we we send them in groups of 10 um, to a month of training and it's on the job it's just in time training what i like to refer to it the first module is on evangelism how do you tell people about jesus and we send them out for three months to do that and, and then they come back and then the next module is how do you disciple people and then we send them out and so on and so forth and at the end of the year um our church planters on average plant two churches last year even in the midst of COVID. Um, We saw 1.7 million people receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and we planted a little over 10,000 churches, and that is a testimony to the fact that God is sovereign, that no one is beyond the reach of God. (laughs) Now, I want to tell you the the key to all three of these programs, the key to our, our, our text this morning, it's our number one value, it's what we live out more than anything else at mission india and that is that prayer is the first work of missions every single one of our 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 leaders of all our clubs they have to form um, three to five prayer cells where they gather um, five to ten people in each of those and they commit to pray for five people for five minutes every single day to come to know jesus christ and that is the foundation of everything we do here in the United States we have about 8700 intercessors who commit to pray for Mission India for our work in India every day um, and in India last year we started John I'm going to put you on the spot how many prayer cells did we start was it like 15 18,000 prayer cells all over India um, because this is where the power is now here's the, the amazing thing it's, 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 it's I believe it's the catalyst of of Paul's conversion I was um talking about this text to uh, Corey Treeweiler who's on our staff she's the director of of prayer mobilization and um we were talking about it and she said to me well Todd what do you think was the catalyst for for Paul's conversion and I'm like haven't you been listening to me it's the sovereignty of God the power of God that's the catalyst and she's like no 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 she said she said look at me with A- 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 Acts seven fifty four to 60 and And she read it, and this is what it says. The Jewish leaders, this is the stoning of Stephen. The Jewish leaders were stung to fury by Stephen's accusation, and they ground their teeth in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily upward into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at God's right hand. And then they mobbed him, putting their hands over their ears and drowning out his voice with their shouts. They dragged him out of the city to stone him. The official witnesses, the executioners, took off their coats and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Paul. And as the murderer's stones came hurtling at him, Stephen, what? Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell to his knees and shouting, a similar prayer that our savior prayed lord don't charge them with their sin and with that he died and corey looked at me and she said when stephen was stoned he prayed for all who were there and then i just love this image she said she said in a prayer covering was cast over them. And God, in his mercy and in his grace, answered that prayer in the salvation of the Apostle Paul. I think a posture of prayer gives testimony to the power of God in terms of people's lives. And what I want to do this morning is encourage you in your prayers for those that God has put in your life who, who may not know him. I started the service with an image of the map and that's how I wanna end the service, just so you can see the difference. Um, and you can see, so the, the one map is, is 2010 and this map I believe is 2020 and you can see the incredible changes in that. So the red is completely unreached, the yellow represents less than 2%. Reach, but you can see the incredible change, the incredible transformation, the incredible power of God that's at work through the prayers and partnership of this church, all the people in India, and the power of the Holy Spirit working in all of us. And I want to say thanks be to God, to God be the glory in terms of who he is, and that he declares, and that we know that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's pray. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your character. We thank you, dear Lord, for your sovereignty, for who scripture declares you are. We thank you, dear God, for how that can ease the anxiety in our hearts and in our minds we thank you dear lord for how your sovereignty calls us to to partner with you in in reaching people both locally and globally and we thank you for the faithfulness dear lord of this church their history their legacy of seeing people come into relationship with you amen